Hello everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the Front Page Podcast. Uh, with myself, Ross, and Jimmy, Matt and Collie. Hello. Hello. Hello everyone. Hello Ross. It's good yeah, to be back, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Today we're joined by Smiling Sam Alvey, UFC Light Heavyweight. We're going to get him in in a minute or two. That'll be a fun one. Um, yeah. I'm trying to binge now, actually. May as well. Just get straight into it. Yeah. I'll hopefully uh, get some insight into how his training's going. Massive fight for him coming up against Shogun Hua. Right, he's now been invited to the call. There he Hello. is, that was quick. Hello, Sam. Hi, Sam. Hello. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Thank you for coming on. Uh, oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we've been looking cool. forward to this one all week. Thank you for inviting me on. Uh, we'll get straight into it then. Obviously, just had a big fight announced down in Brazil against a legend, Shogun Hua. What was that like, getting that fight off? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, man, I was not expecting that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know or not, but I haven't been doing so hot lately. And uh, to, to be offered not only a ranked fighter, but a legend like him is just something else. Uh and and all my friends and fans, I'm probably going to be a big underdog. So I'm going to work my ass off and try and make it up to you guys. So in the the, the betting rooms, you guys will walk away walk away with a lot of money. Was well, the kind of uh, the kind of fight that you know it'll get you up more than anything else? You know, I mean, extra yeah. determination. No, it absolutely has. It's gotten me. It's gotten me excited. It's got me jazzed. Uh, it's a fight. I I win this fight, and it's going to be. It's gonna be the 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 rebirth of Smiling Sam. Yeah, it's not it's not the first time you fought uh, a Brazilian opponent in Brazil. What was that like the first time? How are the fans since fighting in a hostile environment? I, I love fans, whether they love me or not, uh, and they they definitely did not love me <laughs> when I fought <laughs> Cesar. They, they were not big fans. However, I knocked Cesar out. I and they they were cheering me on the way out. They thought it was just awesome. They, they and. I, I love fans when they get into it. So sometimes I'll fight place and the fans just aren't aren't into the fight. Brazil is into that fight. I, I'm sure they're gonna they're, they they all chant uh, "Viol Mojer, you're gonna die as I walk in. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it, but they're into it. It's uh, it's gonna be so exciting. And then on the the co-main event, these fans are gonna be it's it's gonna be loud. It's gonna be loud. I'm gonna be thrilled. I'm getting excited for it now as well, and I'm not even taking part. <laughs> well, you, you got a chant from home. You got a chant from home. I'll, I'll hear it. We will do. I don't think I'll be happy chanting that you, you know, you're gonna die when you've been so kind to come on our show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll be so back in you as we do our guests. We back our guests. Oh yeah, definitely. I've, I've been a big fan of yours anyway, Sam. So I was I was behind you anyway before you came on the podcast. So it doesn't make a difference to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Your nose is ever so slightly more brown now there, Ross. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, no, genuinely. Like, like, obviously, I respect all the guests we've had on, but I've actually I've enjoyed following like your, yeah, Sam. Oh, I've enjoyed following well, your career, so, so it's a good yeah, one for me. Thank you so much. I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my career so far. <laughs> sure so you obviously, you've, uh, you've fought nearly fifty times already, um, and obviously, you're still. Um, relatively young, so how how far do you think you you can go in the game? How long are you gonna be doing this for? Well, the short answer is a lot longer uh, because that's I I always you know my professional record is I'm about fifty, but my overall record with the Muay Thai 
an amateur. I'm I'm like closer to seventy. I I've been fighting a long. Well, I've been fighting not that long, but I've been fighting for. I've been fighting a lot, and I love mm-hmm. it. So I I hope to get another fifty fights if I can, and uh, God willing, my body holds up and and uh, I keep winning. You obviously you fought so many times. You you I think you're tied at the top for the most amount of UFC fights in one year. Uh, you fought six times in that one year. What was you know, how was that like? What was you know, your um, sort of um, training camps and so on? You know how were they affected with such a tight uh, schedule? It, it was great. And I said I, I'm tied per year uh, with six fights. I'm tied with Cerrone, but I yeah. got there two months faster than he did. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I didn't break my ankle. Uh, before that, that fight number six, I would have, uh, I, I would have beaten him. I would have taken the title for myself. But, uh, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get that number seven. But, but yeah, it, like, like I said, it, my body started breaking down. It was, it was a lot of camps. It was a lot of, a lot of stress I was putting on myself. And, um, I, I held up as best I could. It just wasn't, it wasn't quite enough to get the record all to myself. Do you think it affected performances or? I won almost all those. So I hope, I mean, I, I hope it, it it must have done a little bit. It must have helped me. So well, I, you should try try to do it again. I try to, even <laughs> now, I try to be more active than everyone else. I I love training. I love fighting. So I try and be in that octagon as much as I can. Yeah. So have you, have you began training yet for Shogun here? Uh, how's the training? How's the training look like so far? It's been wonderful. I've had a lot of training partners. Actually, one of my good training partners, Dom Reyes, he he uh, headlines the UFC this Friday. He's been yeah. one of my, my main guys. Been doing a lot of work with Mark Munoz and uh, uh, Jamal Pogus. Uh, and then Hendo. I mean, Hendo's fought him twice, beat him twice, and Hendo's been in that room every day helping me. Um, so he, he's it's, it's turning out to be a real good camp. A lot of, a lot of good guys beating me up. That's incredible, uh, incredible people to be training with when, uh, you know, on a daily basis. You know, unbeaten Reyes, isn't he? And, uh, you know, obviously we don't have to say anything about Hendo. A legend of the sport, isn't he? And it must be yeah, great to be around is. those guys. He's so humbling because he's like, I don't know, 73 or something, and uh, he still comes <laughs> into that room to me up. So what's that like training with Dan Henderson every day? Do you learn new things from him all the time? Yeah, you can't keep that guy quiet. He, he just knows a little bit about everything, so he always wants to make sure you know he knows a little bit about everything. Uh, <laughs> and... uh it's 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 very useful because he he's he really truly does know a little bit about everything. Actually, he knows a lot of it about everything. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's he's one of those guys. He's so valuable to to everyone in the room. I, I'm truly blessed to have him in my corner. He's been around the block once or twice, isn't he? I suppose. Yeah, once or twice. So if it came to it, you know, you and you and Dom are in the same division. Would you fight against each other if the uh, if that's the way the rankings went? You know, this this will be the answer. That's like the headline. Sam Alvey says he would fight teammate. I, <laughs> I, I have always said I have always been been a a, a big fan of, of fighting people I like because me and whoever I fight, we're gonna make a bunch of money that night. I would much rather it be someone I admire, someone I train with, someone I like. So I I would fight him. Now, uh, I'm going to duck him for as long as possible because I've been training with him a lot, and I, I don't like the outcome of that fight. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I, I may duck him for a bit. You know, I may come down with that, that phantom injury if ever the fight gets lined up. But uh, I, I really am. I, I'm a fan of Dom, and I, I would love to make him some money someday. Yeah, I think I kind of, from my point of view, obviously not in a 
steel, I'm not a fighter or whatever, but I kind of think it, you know, if you see it as a sport and so on, you're competing against someone you've got great respect for, you know, it's not, you know, it's just because you're fighting against them doesn't mean you have to have any animosity towards them or them towards you, you know what I mean, it's kind of, so I always find it a bit funny when some guys will refuse to fight against each other, even if it means they may not get closer to the title or they may not get, you know, the opportunities that would come with taking the fight, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know, I, I understand why people wouldn't want to take the fight um, because, you know, good friends, good this, good that. And it's, if it happens, it happens. I just, I, I, I think I would be on the side of, you know, you guys, I'm going to be your best friend before and your best friend after, but for 15 minutes, we're going to try and kill each other. So, going back to the Shogun fight, um, obviously he's got great kind of Muay Thai background, he's good all round as well, but <clears throat> what's your sort of game plan for facing someone like Shogun, who's great on the feet, but also very well versed on the ground as well. Yeah, um, you know, I I don't I I don't want to expect anything. I expected something out of Nogueira, and he he caught me a little bit. He caught me a little flat foot. He caught me a little off guard. So I, I'm really looking at this more like when I'm fighting, you know, training, sparring with Dan Henderson. As uh, these guys have fought the best in the world, they've beaten the best in the world. I have to make sure they can't. I I don't need to be a better fighter forever. I need to be a better fighter that night. So I, I'm going to make sure I'm the better fighter that night. I, I'm going to fight him. I'm not going to try and outpoint him. I'm not going to try and uh, implement, you know, the game plan that's going to work. Every I'm going to try and beat him up. That That is going to be my goal, and it's it's going to happen. So you're looking to have it finished inside the 15? Absolutely. It's been too long since I've gotten a knockout, and it's and I need to I need to put a put a you know stamp on this fight. I mean, that would be something to. Have as your, your like a trophy in your highlight reel when you look back oh, and yeah. you know you've knocked out Shogun Hua, Pride GP oh. champion and you know, former UFC champion. It would be unreal. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to to getting that stamp on my bookcase. Um, it's it's just he's one of those names that people will forever know. He'll be in the UFC Hall of Fame if ever he retires, and uh, he, he just he's he's as good as they get. And if I if if when I get that knockout. It's gonna be feather in my hat forever. Sorry, Ross, I think I interrupted one of your questions, and I've done it again. But go ahead, <laughs> go ahead with um, yours. Assuming you do beat Shogun, uh, where, where do you think that puts you next? Where do you see yourself going, like after Shogun? I know it's hard to look past the fight at times, but I, I, ideally, who would you kind of look to fight next? Yeah, do you have anyone in mind? Oh, you know, I, I'm gonna have a call out, but I don't know who it's gonna be just yet. I usually the the week of the fight, I'll start looking at who's in the division. Uh, who's fighting next? I, I try and make it a, a well-educated, good, good caller because I get them sometimes. Uh, but I can tell you who's on my my long range. Anthony Smith called me out a while back, and uh, I I couldn't answer. I was in the middle of, a, of adopting a baby, and I just I couldn't no. get a fight camp together at the time. Um, now I know he's gone on to bigger and greater things than I've ever gotten close to. But uh, I I he and I our paths will cross someday. I I don't know when, but. Um, whoever I fight next is going to get me closer to Anthony Smith. Obviously, uh, the fighting is, is very important, but you've just mentioned something a million times more important. So how is how's that going with your your kids? Oh, it's, and... it's wonderful. I've got five kids now. I'm a foster daddy uh, trying to adopt, and um, it's it's just it's it's a very magical time in the Alvi household. Yeah, well, I think that's far more rewarding than MMA accomplishments. Oh, hey. Definitely, people are going to forget. I mean, if I were to retire tomorrow from MMA, people would forget me within the week. 
Uh, but these kids, they'll be they'll be part of me for for all of time. Pretty harsh on yourself there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a sport, and if the internet has taught me anything, the internet the internet's such a bad place. <laughs> people, are, people are really looking forward to to you, to you failing, uh, and my kids will never look forward to me failing. Uh, they will be they will be in my corner. I will be in their corner for for all of time. So back to the um, we would always like to have a little bit of a I suppose a little bit of a chat about like the previous career like you you know your early days and that kind of stuff and we was ask them ask our guests how how did you get into MMA I know you were a wrestler in college but or high school oh, yeah I I stumbled into MMA I never watched it I didn't know anything about it uh, I I don't think I ever saw. Randy Couture fight until after he was retired. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about it. When you say I wrestled in college, I did, but it was like I was a good B-team wrestler. I kind of wrestled because I liked the sport. I, I was never a, a wrestler wrestler. Um, mm. I, was, I was a good practice dummy for the other guys. Uh, no, I just stumbled into the sport. I, I, somebody asked if I wanted to fight. I said, Sure. And then they asked if I wanted to do it again. I said, yeah, yeah. And then eventually they offered to pay me if I fought for them. I said, oh, that sounds great. Let's do it. And now I'm in the UFC. Um, I, I was I was probably 7-1 and one or 8-1 and one as a professional before I learned there was a UFC. So all of those early fights were just in your local area, weren't they? It was like you had a, quite a uh, yeah, big record I, before. I was born and raised in Wisconsin, so I uh, I just – did everything in Wisconsin, Illinois, anywhere somebody offered me. Um, I think I fought in Trinidad once when I was yeah. young, when I was still in Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, basically I just traveled Wisconsin. So I, I sold a bunch of tickets and so everybody wanted me on. And uh, then I'd go and I'd win and it was just, it was great. So you've done so many fights in so many different places and you know, does any anywhere stick out? And you just mentioned that you fought in Trinidad, um, which I've never even heard of the Caribbean Ultimate Fist Fighting promotion <laughs> <laughs> until until I started to to read about you a bit more. And then, you know, you fought in Mexico, New Zealand, Brazil, Canada, Australia, every you know, all over the world, Poland as well. I think. You know, did yeah. any of those any of those um, places well, stand the, out more than others? I'll tell you, my favorite place in the world to fight was Mexico City. I fought there twice. And I just loved it. The crowd was into it. Uh, the hotel we stayed at, the UFC had us at, was just, it was a brilliant hotel. Um, the, the fans were just something else. I, Mexico City has been my favorite place to fight. Love the elevation. I, I love everything about it. But I, I honestly, I when I first started fighting, I'd fight everywhere because I didn't make any money. You didn't make any money fighting. It, my, my amateurs now, or my, my newly turned pros, they complain about making like a thousand to show, a thousand to win. I was fighting for like two hundred dollars flat. It's like I, I would get gas money to get there, uh, <laughs> and but I would get gas money to get there. So I got to see places. I got to see all of Wisconsin. I got to go to Trinidad. I got to I, when I fought in Trinidad, I had to pay for my corner to get there. I think I fought for <laughs> yeah. I got a plane ticket, but I had to fly my corner there, and I got a hotel while I was there. And I think I fought for six hundred dollars. I mean, I made no money, but I got to go to Trinidad. When I fought in New Zealand, same deal. I had to pay for my corner to get there, um, but I got to go to New Zealand. 
I, so I've seen I've seen so much of this of of, of our world of our planet of our uh, of people from every culture. I've just been been truly blessed with that. So I, I take a little bit from everywhere I go. Yeah, I suppose we'd like you. Uh, I think looking, you've only fought in Europe once. What's wrong with us? Come over and uh, <laughs> fight in the I, UK if you can. Man, I tried. I was trying to fight on uh, Dan Henderson's retirement fight. I petitioned hard. I was trying to get the fans involved. Uh, they wouldn't have me do it. And the one time I fought in Europe, for, well, in Poland there, uh, that was 10 days' notice. I wasn't even supposed to have done that. <laughs> uh, I think about your Mexico City, and you, you love it so much. The fans are great. Um, they're having a little bit of, uh, I guess they didn't show themselves in the perfect light recently with uh, <laughs> Steven, Stevens against Rodriguez, if I can put it in that way. It's, you know. Oh, they, they yeah, they threw beer or something on one of them. Yeah, they were back in their hometown fight, so I think they thought Stevens was uh, trying to get himself out of the fight, which is complete nonsense, obviously, when you talk about someone like him. But yeah, they, yeah, they've got they've got dickheads everywhere in the world. I'm not going to let one one dickhead ruin the ruin the experience for the whole whole country, whole state, city. But they're so passionate. I suppose that even if even if it is a, a bad side of it, it just shows how passionate they are for the sport as if, oh. if you can if you can take a positive from it you know. yeah i absolutely and that they, they they really are brazil is comparable with how passionate they were of it um but brazil's brazil's way more uh it's they're rooting for brazil mm-hmm. mexico and they're rooting really hard so it's a lot of fun but uh mexico is more they were rooting for they just love the sport they want to see some people get knocked out I sure did. <laughs> Talking about sort of the, the Brazilian fans and stuff, you're one of the, I, I said it kind of earlier on, you're one of the sort of good guys in MMA. Uh, you don't seem to have a bad bone in your body, but when you go to like some other Brazil fighting a Brazilian guy, do you enjoy kind of being the bad guy for a brief amount of time? Uh, I, I'll be the good guy by the end of the fight. They can boo me, but they're they're booing me. I I've been put in a place where they. They get the opportunity to boo me, so they really like me, whether they want to cheer or boo. <laughs> As well as the Brazilian fans, especially if you, you, they might boo you and you know, say that your death is impending. Um, <laughs> but if you uh, if you knock someone out or you put in a good performance, then you know you've earned their respect, and you know that's that's that. Then isn't it? They they'll, they'll boo you first. the next time you're there, but you know they will uh, they'll respect you after you win. That that was my first experience down in Brazil. I, I knocked I knocked Cesar out, and they they loved me for it. So one thing I was going to ask, like, actually, even though I said I've been following your career for a while, somehow I completely missed the fact that you used to fight at welterweight, and that was when you fought uh, an Ultimate Fighter. So what was that like, an Ultimate Fighter? How did what was it like getting the call to be on the show? And was there any like pressure knowing that this is a massive opportunity to get back in the UFC? Yeah, well. It was before I was ever in the UFC, and so that was oh that's God, yeah. the only reason. I, yeah, that that's the only reason I I went to 170 because I I'm not a 170 fighter. But the UFC called and they said, "Hey, can can you do it?" And I said, oh, "Okay, I'll do it." And they, it was it was bad, and I, it was a short notice too. It was like I it was 40 pounds in 29 days is what I had to lose, and uh, uh-huh. I did it did it twice, but it was it was rough. I I felt so bad afterwards. It's the uh, kind of thing that gets you a lot of brownie points with the organization, though, I imagine. I would have hoped so, but then they, they didn't sign me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I got, I got back. I fought up in the MFC for a while and uh, did real well up there, and then I got back to, to the UFC. 
and uh, they, they seem to like me all right now. Yeah, so you, you're two or five now, and you, you have been for your last sort of five fights or so. Um, but do you prefer 185 or 205? Is that you know, is it 205 something that's become necessary now? Or? No, I've really noticed no difference other than my camp is easier at uh, 205. I get to, to relax a little bit on the the diet. Um, I, and, and I got to I get to lift the whole camp. When I go to 85, I can't lift. It's if I lift, I don't lose weight, and I I, I just can't do it. So uh, 205, it's a much easier camp, but the the fight's about the same. Uh, the the athletes are are just as talented at 205 as they are at 85. Shoot, half the 85ers have come up to 205 now. Yeah. So uh, trying to really stack him with uh, with former 185ers. Obviously, you mentioned Friday. Um, Reyes is. Um, fighting one of them, isn't he? Um, yep, yep, this is yeah. his first one. The main event of, of my fight is uh, Jacare. It's his first time back up at 205. Um, so, yeah, the 85, the studs at 85 are coming up. I just imagine the fans in that, that event are going to be insane. Shogun's on there, Jacare's on there. Oh, they're gonna, yeah. So Sorry to, to, to go back again, but the fans are going to be absolutely nuts. Oh yeah, the, the fans are gonna go. They're gonna be crazy all night. I, I'm. I can't wait. So Ross, you've got a specific question you'd like to ask uh, our guests if you want to pop that one out now. Oh, the the traditional one. The traditional question, yeah. Yeah. So basically, Sam, we've got a kind of a running theme going that each guest we have on. We ask about one funny weight cut story. Funny, interesting. Just a weight cut that you've saw from yourself or someone in the gym? You don't have to name names, but just a funny weight cut you've experienced or seen. Yeah. Um, so, actually, we'll go back down to Trinidad then. So, Trinidad, I was fighting 185, 185, 185, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I called ahead and said, hey, you guys have a sauna. You guys have, you know, it'll be good. They said, oh, yeah, we have a sauna. We have a sauna. I said, okay, cool. So I got there, and it was, you get there like a day before weigh-in, so you're not there for very long. So we go to check out the sauna, and they had a sauna. It was just in pieces and not working. It looks like it hasn't worked in years. It was just a bunch of, the room was filled with the, the motor, the, the heating stuff. So, oh, my God. So it was my wife held a timer for me, and I ran around the parking lot for like six hours. Uh, request, <laughs> yeah, it was just, all right, Russ, sprint. And I'd sprint. So, all right, jogging. Sprint. And it was, and it was in the Caribbean, so you'd think it would be warm, but it wasn't. It was like perfect out. There was a nice breeze. The sun was kind of shining. There was a little some clouds, a, a good seventy-five degrees. So it was, it was just terrible. I, it was the first and only time I've ever run to lose weight like that. Uh, and I made weight, but it took forever, and it was, it was really not enjoyable. So they really, um, sometimes I suppose, uh, did that affect your? Fight night, do you think, or you know, was it? No, I don't think so. I went out there and I won pretty, pretty handedly. I don't remember if I finished him or not. Decision unanimous. Unanimous. Okay, there you go. I, I believe I dropped him once or twice, but uh, yeah, did didn't get the finish. But uh, so yeah, sure. Let's let's blame not getting the finish on a on a terrible weight cut. The, the, yeah, yeah the, the weight cut. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I was going to ask you, you: you've got a fair few knockouts in your record. And it's something that Bisping said, especially referring to when he looked and knocked out um, if I can speak. Uh, so Bisping said, when you connect with a shot that's going to knock someone out, you just know like it feels different. Is that something you can relate to? Is that something you've experienced? Yeah, yeah, you you feel it. Like 
Like you'll see Mark Hunt do it. Uh, I've done it a couple times. You see, ah, actually, you don't see Hendo do it. Hendo always follows up. But that that walk. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, when Hendo knocks out Lombard, or anytime Hendo knocks somebody out, he tries to get. He doesn't. He doesn't like that walk off. I don't think. But uh, no. yeah, it's something you you feel your fist lands on that face, and you just kind of feel their soul leave for a second, and you just know before they hit the ground that they're not getting back up, and it's it's really a cool feeling. The main one actually did that, you know, to. I can't just cannot see his name for life. Marcin Pratino. <laughs> yeah, Pratino. Pr- yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was my last one, my most recent one that I've done, um, where I just I I just hit him and I knew he wasn't getting back up. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. You still kind of looked over him like referee. Can you come in and get this man off me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, uh, my fight to get on the Ultimate Fighter was like that. Uh, I threw one punch and it landed, and he just fell over. Fell fell over. Well, one of your one of the knockouts you got on Ultimate Fighter was against Leo Kuntz. He's a good good friend of ours on Twitter, so I don't want to say anything negative, anything negative about him. But no, no, I'm not saying anything negative. You seem like a good no, no, I'm saying myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to rub it into him that he's uh, nah. that he got absolutely sparked, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I was saying was like that's one of my favorite knockouts here on Ultimate Fighter. Uh, that was another kind of one we. You could tell that you knew that the fight was over at that point. You just didn't look at him on the canvas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, but, but Bisbing says it best. He said, you just kind of, you feel it. You feel his soul leave, and then he falls over. I, I hope just to be um, just here in a few weeks. Yeah, well, that would be incredible. Yeah. It would be, wouldn't it? I can't <laughs> imagine the noise. Imagine the loudest, the loudest place with all those fans. I imagine it would go silent. For just oh, just a few seconds, yeah. you know. And then uh, I won't in about five five weeks, four weeks. I won't have to imagine it. I'll, I'll experience it. Oh, I hope so because it'll be incredible. <laughs> and just uh, just to get, put the, the scales balance on a bit for for Leo, um, you know, we'll give him a shout out because he won. Um, his uh, was it his pro boxing debut last night? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he uh, he he got something like a second or third round knockout or, or throw in the towel anyway. So oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, congratulations on that. He actually made it back to the UFC before I did. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got quite an impressive record, hasn't he? You know, it's like seventeen and four or something like that. He's, yeah, you know, he's, uh, no, he was, he was, I'm glad I career. caught him on that night because maybe I, maybe I couldn't have if I caught him on a, another night. Sam, I can't I can't talk to you without referring to the smiling. So, where or who gave you the idea to shave a smiley face into the back of your head in your fight? Ah, uh, that, that that's all me. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know what it started off as was I had a barber, and actually again back to the Ultimate Fighter, I had a barber who could have. I mean, he, he shaved Yoda. I had him shave Yoda into the back of my head. Uh, nice. I think, it, yeah, I think it's still my Twitter handle. It's a picture of the back of my head, and it's got Yoda. I mean, it's like better than better than an artwork, better than a picture. <laughs> and uh, he used to do some, something fun like that every fight. Well, he moved away. And now I don't have a, a sketch artist, someone that can do something like that, but you can still make a, a smiley face because that's just, you know, two eyes and a, and a, and a grin. Um, so I, it took me a few barbers to, till I found somebody that, that was willing to try. And now, uh, now he does it every time. Uh, and Nathan Ross of, of uh, Stu's Barbershop here in Cal, Cal, Cal Oaks in California, he, uh, he, every fight he, he's my, he puts on my war paint. 
So how um how early on in your career did you get the the nickname? It was, I was still in Wisconsin. It would have been I don't know a few fights, five or six fights professionally when it, when it came up. I think it was my dad who said it first, but um, I I really don't remember. It's I, I like it. It's, a, it's just it's a it's a nice one. You know what I mean? It's kind of I know it's uh, it can be kind of you know it's just like a juxtaposition with the sport that you're in where you you know you're trying to knock someone out, but you know at the same time it it kind of sums you up. Yeah, it. I I, I get the question. Hey, is it? I mean, does he really smile that much? I really do. I I love. I love what I get, what I do, and I, I, I couldn't stop myself from smiling. It's just funny, you guys, like, nicknames like Pitbull, like, Sledgehammer, then Smiling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you'll get, I mean, if you look at the card, you get the Assassin, or the Shark Tooth, or the, I mean, just super obviously manly names. You get those <laughs> everywhere. Uh, They're not the natural ones, are they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Really yeah. yeah. You kind of have them. The duplicates, I can't remember what card it was as well. There was, uh, not that long ago, only a few months, there was two fighters at the same nickname. Um, and so it kind of, you know, those, those sort of manufactured, um, put your name in and see what your UFC fighter name is going to be. Yeah. Uh, kind of, <laughs> kind of nicknames they can you clash gotta, sometimes. Gotta, there are a million fighters in the world and you, you've got to, everything you can do to make yourself stand out a little bit more. You've done that, right? It turns um, out I have. I didn't mean to at the beginning, but now all now all my amateurs, I try and I try and get them to to, to adopt something that that's real memorable. Well, one thing I want to talk about is kind of off topic for the moment, but I know you kind of when you were younger and kind of grown up, you're a big fan of professional wrestling like WWE, and you appeared on the Stone uh, Steve Austin's Broken Man's Challenge, the Broken Skull Challenge, is called sorry. Yeah. With like. So many injuries, like, <laughs> that was crazy. It's one of the hardest challenges, and you you, you got injured. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I I fought Kevin Casey. I was like two days before I was on the show. It was I I I was up in Vancouver, Canada. I fought Kevin Casey. I, I beat Kevin Casey. I flew, my wife had just given birth to it's either my first or second kid, and so I flew her back to Wisconsin. Then I got right back on. I mean, I had like an hour layover in Wisconsin. I got right back on a plane. Uh, and then the show flew me to LA and then I got off the plane. I did the, I, I did the, the show. I, well, I beat the show. So I got to, I beat everyone on the show. So I got to come back the next day and fight their champion. Uh, their champion wiped the floor with me by fight. I mean, I had to run out, of course. <laughs> he just, I think his record was like, uh, five minutes or something. I think I failed the obstacle course at like 23 minutes. <laughs> it wasn't even close, <laughs> but but in that Kevin Casey fight, I broke my toe and my thumb, um, and uh, and here's a funny thing. So I turned thirty uh, two days before I fought Kevin Casey. Turned thirty, fought Kevin Casey, went on the show. Turned thirty, fought Kevin Casey. I got freaking hemorrhoids. Like three days, <laughs> turned thirty, got hemorrhoids. Like God dang it. So right. Ran the did did the show uh, with broken foot, broken thumb, and hemorrhoids. <laughs> Do you think if uh, those are Sam Alvey without hemorrhoids or broken bones would have been better in the final challenge? I would have finished the challenge. No, no chance that I beat that guy's record though. That, that guy was, yeah, that you guy just was, don't know how many minutes you lose for a bad for a bad grape. Do you? You just don't know how many. Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I got to talk to, to the Was champion it fun to be there? Afterwards. And their champion, uh, I don't remember that guy's name, but he, he was a professional obstacle course runner. So he just goes around the world running obstacle courses, and he beats them, and they pay him a bunch of money. And um, so there, there's no chance, no prayer that I ever beat him. But uh, I, I was still pretty proud that I beat three of their, their super athletes. Um, you won. You won the show. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I won the show to get the opportunity to fight their champion, and uh, to, you should you should watch the show. It's a fun show, uh, the Broken Skull Challenge. I do um, think we have it on TV in Britain. Actually, I think it's on on Dave or something like that, isn't it? We actually have yeah. a channel called Dave, which is uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's on Dave. <laughs> kind I, of British. I had never seen the show prior to me being on it, but uh, afterwards I've watched it a couple times. It's a fun show. What was it like? Was um, you know, you were into the wrestling? Was uh, was Steve Austin one of your? Well, you know, everyone loves to say heroes, but you know, uh, everyone loves Stone Cold. So I mean, he was he was. The, I mean, everyone loves him. But uh, I've always been uh, team uh, team The Rock. The Rock's the greatest it's ever been, and uh, yeah, he, he's just he's the best it's ever been. And so that's to, to this day, if the only thing that could get me out of fighting. Is if the WWF were to offer me a contract, or WWE, excuse me, no. Uh, well, you're taking WWE some more and more, more and more MMA guys are going over there. What are you doing? Yeah, Velasquez just went over there. Ronda's been over there for a minute. It all started with Ken, uh, Ken Shamrock. Shamrock yeah. was over there years and years ago, most dangerous man in the world. So who knows? You know, where hey, your I, career takes you. If I, if I play my cards right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, to, I'm gonna get over there. Look forward to your heel turn. It'd probably, if you can, <laughs> if you can make it believable. Yeah, if I did a heel turn, it'd be like when Kurt Angle turns heel, where he's kind of a heel, kinda. Yeah, so that'd be uh, that'd be quite cool. Yeah, I've yeah. never been, you know, not since I was a not since I was a kid, and the kind of thinking like I would be one of those really annoying fans who would ask Steve Austin to to do a stunner on me or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he'd probably just tell me to f off, and he, but you know, it's kind of uh, that's that's what I remember from from wrestling when I was twelve. Yeah. So uh, speaking of kind of wrestling, it's official that Rock is going to be at MSG to put the belt on the winner of the BMF uh, title fight. How do you feel about that? Because I know there's been a lot of people outspoken saying that it's a joke and all that sort of thing. But how do you feel about that, Sam? I love I love the the fight. Uh, I love that they're going to call themselves the BMF champ. I absolutely hate the idea that there's going to be an actual belt. I think that cheapens the sport so much. And well, I so love I'm... WWE. I love WWE. They just make a they just make a title to make a title. Oh, you're now the new you know intercontinental uh, tag team. Blah blah blah. They just make and that this calling yourself just saying is the BMF. You know the baddest mother. That would have been awesome. And just I'm the baddest mother. Uh, but putting that, putting an actual belt on the line, oh, that's so dumb. Yeah, I would like to say that we have um, Ross and I have a different opinion on this. Uh, in terms of, <laughs> I am exactly in the same as you, but Ross um, loves it. Um, <laughs> I think so, I love it because uh, I'm going. I, I, I want to love everything about the event because I'm going to be there. <laughs> are you going to be there? <laughs> yeah, are you going, Sam? Do you plan on going? Uh, is it in Vegas? Uh, New York. New York. Ah, then no, I'm not going to be there. But I'm just looking forward to Darren Till representing the Scousers here and uh, and getting his first win at middleweight. 
Oh, he's That's... fighting. Oh, bro, he's fighting Yaslam. I, I, I'm looking forward to his first win as middleweight too, but I don't know it's going to be against Gaslam. Yeah, that's well, going to be that's really tough fight for Till. That is, is crazy, in my opinion. I mean, he might prove us all wrong, but that's a tough fight to take. The size of him is... I'm worried he's not going to make weight. He's absolutely <laughs> humongous at the minute. Um, he must be 220, just uh, oh. just walking around. He's absolutely huge. Uh, the muscles on him. But yeah, he's uh, he's from... I live in Liverpool. He's from Liverpool. We, uh, you know, we support I, our I, boys wherever we can. When I fought in Poland, he beat up Cowboy. Yeah. yeah, I got to meet him a little bit. Super nice guy. Really enjoyed him. I'm, I'm, I'm always rooting for him. But, but this is a bad, this is a bad fight for him. Oh, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. I don't think I've ever met Gaslam. But uh, I, I think yeah. this could, uh, this could be a rough fight for Till. It could be, uh, could be a war. I'm kind of, uh, I kind of hope it is. But you know, with, uh, with my guy on the, on the winning end of it. <laughs> winning end. I, I, I could, yeah, I could see it being good. I just, yeah, I could see it being a good fight either way. It's a risk. It's definitely a risk, and he knows it, which is uh, which is kind of good. At the same, you know, he's he knows it's not going to be, you know, he knows he's not going to just run through him. He knows it's going to be a tough fight. So at least he's got his head screwed on a bit for it. So yeah, yeah. And also repping the Scousers back to Boston. We've got Molly on uh, on Friday as well. So just while we're on on the cast, this will be the only one I think before the event. So hopefully yeah. we have another Scouse win on Friday as well with Molly McCann. Yeah. She should win yeah, that. She should win that. Who, who's she fighting? Uh, I can't even remember her name, which is oh. really bad. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm rooting for Molly. Yeah, we we like Molly. She's down to earth, and she's uh, as we all are in our humble little city. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a fight up in Glasgow to rear his head and pop into the octagon. We may be waiting a while. <laughs> Gonna have to fight and happens in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. So shall we um, shall we call it there, Ross? Shall we uh, let Sam go back oh, to his life? Unless you've got any other question. questions. Yeah, I've got one more before we let Sam go back to his life. Um, so I wanted to ask is, looking back on your quite long career already, if you could pinpoint one moment that's the high point that you look back on with like, the fondest memories, what would it be? Um, the fondest memory? I, You know, when I knocked out Cesar... I, I won the I won the the fight of the night or well, knockout of the night bonus, and that's yeah. a pretty fond memory. I, I it's hard to top it's hard to top winning an extra fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I can imagine. I got a lot of good memories, but but that fifty thousand dollar check I got that that's real close to the top of my list. Well, hopefully we've got another one coming your way in November. I've, I've been trying ever since, and I'm gonna I'm gonna. I got nothing to lose this fight, so I'm, I'm going to put it all on the line. Yeah, well, Sam, thank you so much for taking time today to come have a chat with us. Uh, hopefully, once you, if, <laughs> once you beat uh, Shogun and get you in again, have another yeah, chat. Yeah, that sounds great. Count me in, guys. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, and just thanks so much for coming on, and the best of luck um, in hey, next thank, month. I'm sure you will need it. Thank you guys but... very much. I appreciate it. Right, cheers again, Sam. Speak to you soon. Right. Catch you later, guys. Bye bye. Thank you. That was a really fun one. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Really is a, a good guy. Could have been more humble. <laughs> he was so humble. <laughs> he was like, oh, people forget me in a week. Uh, other things he said as well. I was like, what? That's not, yeah. I don't hear these things from a fighter usually. It's like, I would fight my teammate, but I probably would avoid it because he'll batter me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Like that. Like, wow. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's got, you know, he's realistic, I suppose. And I'm not to, I don't, overly 
overly realistic. Yeah. Kind I mean, of like, uh, it almost comes across as though it's not like he doesn't have belief in himself, but he, you know, he, he knows his limitations, I guess, and what, what would suit him and what would be the best fight for him to take and that kind of, you know, the opportunities. If, if Dom was the champion, I'm sure he would jump at the chance because it's a, it's a, it's a fight yeah, of that fight, magnitude, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's one but thing yeah. I'm really looking forward to now. I, 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 was, I was beforehand, but even after I spoke to the guy, I can't help but get more excited for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, to root against a legend like Hua, but, I mean, especially watching all of his old pride fights, he's just such a great legend of the sport. But it's it's even harder to go against Sam when you talk to him and he's such a nice guy. And, yeah. you know, this is kind of... It's almost like this fight for Sam is his career in one fight. Yeah, if you know what I mean. It's like you know, if, if Sam wins that fight, then... That makes his career almost, and it, you know, it'll be the biggest individual sporting moment of his career, I imagine. Okay, and, uh, beating Shogun in front of a Brazilian crowd. Yeah, yeah, and then not to disrespect Sam, um, but it, 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 if he was to lose the fight, it would it, be another fighter on on Shogun's list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a great guy, lovely guy, and I really hope we get to have him back on as as a winner in that fight because. Hundred percent. Really nice talking to him, and you know, if he probably never listened to this anyway, but if he does, you know, genuine heartfelt thanks for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think we're running about 40, 40 minutes now, so we probably can cover over, kind of gloss over the main stories this week. Yeah, well, it was uh, a, an absolute jam-packed weekend. Oh yes. Um, full of awesomeness and knockouts and. Knees to the face and submissions, <laughs> and it was just so many events, and pretty much all of them were were great. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay had you know it was a, it was a much deeper card than people were expecting it to be, and you know we may as well start with it because USC is the biggest name. Um, so oh, for, oh, Nico Price, can we start there? Nico Price. Well, yeah. <laughs> wow. Poor James Vick. I feel bad for James Vick. I know he's kind of he's done some he's made some kind of stupid comments in the past and whatever, but mm. I don't see why people wish to see him get knocked out so bad. I mean, he doesn't seem like a terrible guy. I don't, I don't know. know. I think when you get people's back up in the first place, it's very hard to turn it round, especially if then you go on a losing streak and you know you're not you're not putting on performances to win win the fans round necessarily. Um, and he's he's just got that he just can't help sticking his chin out. It's like the first, the first few seconds of the fight, Nico Price landed an absolutely flush punch straight to his chin, and it's like, well, you're not going to learn. And yeah. then you get on top of him, and Nico's flailing his feet everywhere, and you're just trying to grab his feet instead of covering up a bit. And you know, it's not a surprise that you took a heel into your jawbone. Well, one and thing about my, my one great with Nico Price is that he agreed to come on our podcast way back at the very beginning, and if he keeps knocking people out. He'll reach a level of superstardom. We can't get him anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, he's, he's only on a one-fight streak. Yeah, but he's, he's gaining fans at a massive rate. Like he did lose his last fight, but still, he's, he's it was only a great fight. It was a great fight. It's was it, 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 it was. What well, didn't Jeff also agree to come on? He did. No, I don't, I don't think he did. He, he follows the page, but I don't think he said he'd come on the podcast. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, I'll uh, let him off. But that was a great fight, anyway. But double knockdown as well. That that fight crazy. It was like, <laughs> like stepbrothers, where they both hit the swing like the golf club and the baseball bat. 
Yeah, well, let's not let's not lower the conversation that much. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. That, that film's hilarious. But the um, yeah, Nicholas Bryce did exactly what he was supposed to do, and you know, we've seen a lot of people talking about how good he is, you know, how dangerous he must be um, from the bottom and everything. And I think people are getting it a little bit mixed up with uh, you know, with Tony Ferguson, who's you know, probably the most dangerous man off his back, and it's not yeah. about. I think people are mostly saying that you know no one else can knock out people from their back as much as as Nico Price seems to have the potential to do. But plenty of people have done it once. I think even Ferguson's done it once. But you know, I don't think any, I, I can't think of anyone who's done it twice. No, I mean that Randy Brown finish, the first one that kind of really got people's attention. Like that yeah. has that ever been done before, like in the UFC? Or Not with like a. I think Anderson Silva. Uh, yeah, Anderson Silva's knocked someone off from from his back underneath, but. I think the, the hammer fist is that, that's yeah. never happened before. That's that's, that's not, Yeah, I don't think it's happened since yeah. anywhere. To be honest, no. Just such power and such short range, and you know, unbelievable skill and great to watch as well. So, yeah, and you know, just to move on because we've got a lot to sort of cover. Yeah. Um, the Crown Gracie versus Cub Swanson. What a what a great fight! It's always good to see Cub Swanson get a win. Always good. Yeah, I mean he's a great guy, really nice guy, and just it was. I didn't expect Gracie to go for a stand-up war. Oh, I don't you know, he really sense. just stood and banged, and you know, it was really great to watch. But the amount of body shots that Swanson was landing on him, and you know, he made a funny comment at the end talking about see how those breathing exercises all work, and when you're getting digged <laughs> in the belly, um, yeah. yeah, it was it was. Yeah, I really enjoyed that fight. That was a, a really nice fight to watch. One thing I want to ask you about, like, actually, I'm particularly interested in your opinion personally on this because you obviously do grappling, jiu-jitsu and stuff. How do you feel about the fact that Cub Swanson was rejected access to a number of gyms because he was fighting someone with the Gracie name? What's your opinion on that? I find it a little bit... Well, it's crap, really. I don't... It's like there's no honour in that. You know, you're not... You are the gyms and learning how to do jujitsu, and you know, it's. I just feel like it's supposed to be. You all come in to learn an art and to learn a sport and to you know, respect each other and you know all this kind of stuff. And it's just lucky, really, that there's the UFC Performance Institute and and Cub could go there and have um, jujitsu coaching there because, I mean, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, it's, it's, like almost, it's like respect to a ridiculous level. It's bothering on disrespect at that point towards that other person. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, you know, it almost... I just don't know. It just doesn't seem right to me to to decline um, someone based on they might have to grapple against a Gracie. Especially someone as respected as Cub Swanson. I mean, he's kind of... Mm. He's a veteran. He's kinda, I'd say he's a veteran now. He's been around for a while. Like, yeah, he's definitely. Respected. So yeah, he's a veteran, and he's you know he's not only that he's he's always been a lovely guy. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's gotten anyone's backs up or anything like that, and you know, I find it a little bit um, it's a little bit of a tarnish on those Gracie affiliated gyms in the local area. Um, I think some of them aren't even Gracie affiliated. I think it's just the fact that they were fighting like that's basically the grandfathers, like they're the gods of. That world, so I do think some of them are affiliated. I think it's just out of the level of respect they have for that family that they don't well, want do to they not compete. Like, 
you got international jiu-jitsu competitions and stuff. Surely they don't kick out their fighters in case they get drawn against someone who's a Gracie in the in yeah. that IBJJF kind of competition um, or BBJF, but, but yeah, it's um, no BJJF. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't think it's showing respect to club. I don't, I in in, I also don't think it shows too much respect to Crone as well, to be honest. So like if you are worried that you'll be able to train club up enough to beat a Gracie, almost. Yeah. It's also not necessarily that, um, you know, that it, maybe it isn't to do with that and they just don't want to be associated with someone who might beat a Gracie. Um, and maybe people, maybe they, they're they worried that their gym will be seen as lesser because they helped the fighter beat a Gracie, but... Gracie's have always lost. Yeah. And it's surely a part of being a martial artist is being humble. And then, you know, instead of sulking about losing, you, you learn from what you've, you, you, know, you learn from the mistakes you made in the fight and you try and improve and get better. And it just doesn't seem very martial artsy to me. And that's a stupid, um, little describing word I've just made up there, but, you know, it kind of gets anything across. It doesn't really, Settle well with me in terms of the audio went so weird there. In terms of like the the honor and the the principles of the sport, it doesn't really seem to. It doesn't sit right with me. I just don't like it. Yeah, Um, I understand. Um, Before we move on to the main event, are you afraid? Before we move on to the main event, Mackenzie Dern, she picked up a first loss against um, Rebus. Yeah. Impressive. It's very impressive. Rebus has potential. Because everyone kind of touted um, Dion to be like the next big thing. And it's... I mean, it must be it must be really hard to come back from pregnancy and having a baby and being a young... You know, you've got a young baby now. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that this... You know, it's a comeback fight that's been lost after such a long time out and in such a... You know, pregnancy is a is a lot. It's a hard thing for your body to go through. So to come back so soon afterwards, you know, is is a great accomplishment in itself. And then, you know, to lose in in a split decision to gain, against someone like Rivas, who's obviously or Rivas, who's quite, you know, she showed great potential. You know, I don't think there's any shame in it. So I don't think it's the end of Dern. I mean, she's obviously one of the best female jujitsu practitioners in the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know. I'm sure she'll get back to winning ways before too long. She's back in full camps and back. She'll be able to train every day and all that. Now that the pregnancy's over and the baby's getting older. So yeah, I think two two good prospects. Really, both of them have got good futures. I think definitely make a rematch for the line after a few fights. Yeah. Um, well, onto the main event. We've kind of went a funny order, but onto the main event, we saw Joanna back looking very, very good. Yeah, I kind of, I, I guess I was underwhelmed by the fight in general. Um, I, not to disrespect Michelle Waterson, but I kind of thought it would have been more impressive, I suppose, for, for JJ to finish her. And, but she was tough and she, you know, she was well bloodied and everything, but I thought it was fine. It was okay. As a performance, you know, I mean, it was an easy win. It was a, the decision was an easy decision. I mean, um, not to say it was an easy fight for JJ, but 
yeah, I kind of, yeah, it was fine. She's back to normal, I suppose. Um, but this is against someone who is maybe not quite at the same level as the people who are holding the belts or challenging for the belts. Yeah, um, it's kind of one of those people who is really, really good, but just not quite good enough to make the very top. No, if if she was really a title contender, yeah, the UFC. Um, she still could be. She's obviously a very talented martial artist, and you know she's got some great kicks. But yeah, we'll see. She doesn't seem to me to be much of a killer. If you know, what I mean, if you put her up against, um, you know, Zhang, and you know, she'd get she'd get murdered. Yeah, to simple, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I can move on quite quick. There's a lot to get through, but um, yeah. I've, I've pledged to myself that I need to start watching. I need to start watching more Rising. But, I mean, yeah. well, I'm doing myself a great injustice by not watching it. If you can put up with the intermissions, I mean, the product that they've got there is just incredible. I mean, yeah. I um absolutely my 2019 is. Continued to be terrible. I picked Satoshi Vasuza to win the whole thing. Got knocked out in the first round. <laughs> um, which is annoying, but I mean, he's got potential. He's only young. He's a, he's a very good fighter. But all that whole GP is fire. I mean, the knocker, the, the flying knee knockout from Pitbull. And I mean, just so many, so many finishes in that promotion. It's One the, thing, the thing. See the belt. Is that huge, or is Demetrius Johnson just really small? Well, he weighs <laughs> he weighs one hundred and twenty five. Well, he weighs one hundred and thirty five pounds, but that's one not rising. Shit. <laughs> yeah. See, I keep doing these things. I, I keep like I done it in Eric Anders. I done it with Sam tonight. My mind goes too fast. Well, my mouth goes too fast. My mind and I blot stuff out. It makes me look quite daft. I'm like, oh, did you? Was there pressure on the Ultimate Fighter to get back to the UFC? Like, things like, things like that. Like, I make these dark comments and then straight away I'm like, oh, why'd I say that? Yeah, well, we all fuck up sometimes. Still getting used to the podcast game. I mean, we're getting yeah. there, but. When you. When So she, we had, you know, there were some, there were knockouts just all over the place. Um, yes. Hamdalay. Knocked out Mia Yamamoto. She's a beast out of a family. She had a bad run um, at the end of her UFC. Or basically, her, her whole UFC career was a bit of a bad run. But, you know, she's she's super good in general. Um, we had Kaya Sakura coming back only two months or so after knocking out Kyoji and getting another first-round knockout. And uh, obviously, the main event was a bit of a, a nothingness in a way because he's, you know, Prohaska's the one that's got a belt, so he's going to be the... The uh, the main event, but he didn't uh, didn't take any time uh, dispatching Maldonado either. So yeah, really good, really good promotion to watch if you want to see people getting finished. And so um, it's basically the kind of the, the second coming of Pride. Yeah, it's the same. Him. It's the same man, um, Nobuhiko Sakikibara. It's the it's the same man who ran Pride. No, I can't um, said that. So. Points to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also runs Rising, so yeah, pride never die. And really? also, one championship, um, probably one of the. I mean, I didn't like the way they set it up in the two different cards. I thought they could have done one incredible card, but over the course of the two events, it didn't disappoint really. Um, everyone loves DJ. He's the GP champion, and he'll be fighting for the flyweight belt in his next fight early next year. 
Um, Christian Lee came into the final as an injury replacement um, and won the lightweight GP belt. He's also he's a lightweight. He's really impressive. Yeah, he's a lightweight champion as well. Um, so obviously there's no unification fight there. Um, Shinya Aoki, one of my all-time favourites, got his 29th or 30th um, submission win with a first-round Dars against a former champion in one. And uh, yeah, it's just really good stuff. Ang, Ang Lang Sang knocked out Brandon Vera in the second round. With his, you know, he's like a tank. He just goes forward and forward and forward, and just he landed a, a horrible spinning elbow to the side of Vera's head, and it was just it was just not a nice thing to watch because it was such an impactful. <laughs> it was just such an impactful elbow, and from then on, I mean, it was already going the way of Vera getting knocked out before then, but. You know, that, that was like the, the death knell, as it were. And, uh, Angela Lee avenging her defeat, um, from the first Japan card back in March, um, to Zhang, Zhang Nin. And, uh, yeah, with a, with a submission win in the last round after a really, those two, when they fight each other, it's so back and forth and really entertaining. It's like a, a perfect match of styles. They just make great fights together, it seems. And we've been promised a trilogy fight between those two. I don't know. Um, which weight that's going to be at. Um, because one of them is the champion of atom weight and one of them is the champion of straw weight. So, um, whichever Someone one that's going to be. Yep. Um, so yeah, really good. Um, no. we haven't even mentioned Cage Warriors, no, um, which was, which was kind of minor this week. And no offense to Cage Warriors, um, as we are UK supporting, uh, though at least the UK promotion. Um, so yeah, um, really good event in Cardiff. Um, what else have we had? We had Bellator. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what happened in Bellator. There's been so many stuff, so many things. All I know about Bellator is that Carvalho lost. Is that I just it? can't get over this nonsense splitting of the TV and yeah, tape delay and all that I kind of stuff. Um, they're making it hard for people to watch the. They're making it hard well, for yeah. people to figure out how to watch the cards. It's nonsensical. Nemkov submitted Carvalho and Manhurf destroyed Bahati in the main event um, or the main event of Bellator Milan. Carvalho versus Nemkov was the main event of Bellator 230 which happened yes. simultaneously. It's just, it's, yeah, you need like, we should try and resurrect uh, Stephen Hawkins so he can make some sense of it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been it's absolutely jam-packed weekend, full of action, full of knockouts, full of... You know, we look back at times, and I think this is going to be one of those one weekends that really stands out as a kind of... There was just so much happened. Yeah. We also had, in news, news, we had the confirmation that Kyoji Horiguchi, back to Ryzen, is going to be defending his title next time he fights against Kaya Sakura. Because for some reason it wasn't... A title fight the first time they fought, even though he was the belt, even though he's the rising champion, he wasn't defending his belt in that fight, even though it was at bantamweight. Um, but yes, it will be for the belt. It will be for the belt on New Year's Eve. So he's gonna have to book his ideas up quick because Asakura is a he's a beast. He's uh, he's really jumped on the scene in the last sort of twelve eighteen months, and he's it looks like he might be something else. Be interesting to see if he ends yeah. up over in UFC at some point. Well, one of the big UFC stories was the withdrawal of Ponzinibbio from his fight with Lawler. So, 
Mike Perry's put himself into the mix, said he wants that fight. Yeah, it'd be interesting. That'd be, that'd be a great fight. I mean, that that's, yeah. that can only go one way. That's going to be well, fireworks. Well, you'd, th- you'd hope so. I guess it kind of leaves... I don't know, maybe unfortunately, it kind of leaves open that the replay of the or the, you know, the second attempt at the second fight between Woodley and Lawler, now that Woodley's got no opponent yet and you know, Lawler's become free. I think Woodley's not injured anymore. So it could be you know, it could be what they'd look for first of all, I don't know. But I wanted to see that fight. When I when I got announced I was quite excited about it. Yeah. It's the the I mean the two top class athletes aren't they both of them they, they are it's like you always get excited when you have two big names so people who have held the belt before and you know it's uh yeah i mean two legends of the sport they'll go down as when when all is said and done i suppose so it will be uh it will be good to see um but yeah i mean i i always get baffled every time a fighter is out from staff i just wash <laughs> just wash just just wash santiago <laughs> It's like, I just, just, just wash. It's just, it's basically just being dirty. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a horrible way, but it's like, you know, you get, you get sweaty, you get scratched, you know, just, if you get a scratch, sometimes I guess you might not even notice whatever, but, you know, just disinfect alcohol, gel, all that kind of stuff. Just, it doesn't seem like they do enough to stop it. It just happens so often. You know, people missing big fights through something preventable like that. It's okay if Lee had a massive like staff kind of mark on his chest and he fought Ferguson. Like, yeah, it's like I wonder like about like Tony. Is he all right with that? Yeah, you must. Like, you, you must see that as a competitor. I think they want to be touching that. <laughs> and like when who who it was? I think it was Gasolum before the Adesanya fight. Did he turn up? He had like he had one on his lip or something. Yeah, everyone said it was like ringworm. Everyone said it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but nice. it's it's not nice. I mean, I've seen. Um, locally, there's a there was a guy who's a very he's a respected kickboxing coach. He's very good, um, but he got a staph infection in his knee, I think it was, and he didn't get it sorted, and it started eating away at his um, parts, as like his body, and you could you know he, to see the the like the hole in his leg, it just you know that's horrendous. You just you just wash. Just <laughs> yeah. wash. That's a matter of the tip of the day. Just, <laughs> just, yeah, just try your best. Keep your nails short. Have and, a bath. Uh, and have a bath, yeah. Just bathe in <laughs> alcohol gel. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just, and, you know, no, I, I mean, I'm sure, I know for, I know he didn't get it on purpose, and, you know, it's not, I don't mean to offend anybody by saying it, but it's, it is such a preventable thing, and it's always going to happen now and again. Um, and maybe that is the case this time, but. You know, who was in, was it not Santiago that was in, no it wasn't. Oh, oh, was it? Was it Santiago that was in hospital after his last fight with staff? Okay, I can't remember, I'm not sure. I think someone fought in UFC Chile, was it? And he was in, he was in hospital for you know, a couple of weeks after the fight with staff. I don't know, I can't tell you. Uh, okay, well if it was, if it was Santiago then, you know, you haven't learned your lesson. And but, doesn't yeah. have a and if it wasn't Santiago, then I apologise profusely. Well, there's kind of there's two more biggish stories that I'd kind of like to mention before we kind of wrap it up. Um, the first one of which the kind of smaller of the two is that Cody Garbrandt wishes to return in March, so he'll be coming back quite soon. That's exciting. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, no, I agree. You know, when he was at his best, when he was a champ, he was electrifying to watch, wasn't he? So hopefully, um, he can get back to those ways. If he, you know, if he takes a boost, even if it's not true, if he takes a boost from the fact that, or the, from the idea that TJ only beat him because he was drugged up, um, then hopefully, you know, he can get back to that kind of entertaining. I think his style is always likely to get himself knocked out at some point. I don't, I don't worry too much about the fact that he's been knocked out a few times in a row. I think just it's quite just kind of screw screw in that a little bit. It's as soon as he takes a, as soon as he gets hit with a clean shot, it's like he sees red and just wants to start yeah. swinging. He's got to just kind of get that. He needs to. I mean, he's got the he's got the cash. He should probably try and get some sports psychologist or something. You know, just try and uh, temper his emotions when he's inside. And um, but part of that, part of his good point is the the emotion and the you know when he starts taking the mic and all that kind of stuff. He's really entertaining. And did he say he had a, any opponents in mind, or is it just uh, that's when he wants to come back? He might have said it further on in the interview. I kind of just had a, had a little skim. Um, He's, well, he's, he's currently sitting, I didn't realise he was so low down, he's currently sitting rank 9 in the Bantamweight rankings. Yeah, it's so, been quite a long time since he fought now, hasn't it? Who'd he even put him against then? Faber? Or <laughs> <laughs> he's his coach? Have they two? Um, yeah, I don't think the uh, the alpha males are going to be <laughs> nah. uh, against each other. I reckon Thomas Almeida, maybe. He's uh, rank 15 currently. That could be they, know, they know that they have a star, possible yeah. star. So they're going to want to rebuild him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's far down. I mean, the, the, if he gets back to that belt, the people he's going to have to beat, he's going to have to beat Jan, he's going to have to beat Sterling, he's going to have to beat Cejudo, he's going to have to beat Morais. Yeah. It's just, it's a crazy division when you look at it. Potentially um, crazy if he, when he returns. I guess yeah. you might have someone like um, Jimmy Rivera or um, maybe even Corey Sandhagen is too far above him at the minute. Um but yeah, well maybe I'd like to see him against Jimmy Rivera. I think that'd be a good fight. A yeah, couple of I mean, uh, stand-up guys and yeah. Well, the other big story of the kind of week, possibly the main one of the week, is the fact that <laughs> um, Mel, uh, what what is it, Mel and Ali Abdelaziz? Yeah, uh, yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> PFL. That's an interesting one. Uh, Kawa claims that he soccer picked Ali in the head. <laughs> and it's all about hearsay at the moment. There's a video or two stuck here. Is that what he said? He said, I did this. He did. Basically he, like he did an admission me. admission of serious assault. If you do with me, I will bring it up, I'll bring it up on Twitter right now. <coughs> it's all silly, isn't it? It's like, is Malky um, with um, Tony Ferguson, is that, the, is that the point? Is that what this has happened? I'm not sure. Wait, is is not a paradigm in management? Uh, I know Malky Cow was first round management. Um, I'm trying to find. Uh, <laughs> was it Malky? Who's the other one? Abraham Cow? Ab- yeah, Abraham. Or he's like his Twitter handle is Abraham, and his name on the Twitter thing is Abraham. So yeah, that, just, that always confuses me. It might have been him. Yeah. Malky's the older one. I think it is. Um, Having a quick look, I think it is Abraham who was having the fight. Yes. So and then one. he is, um, he was with Anthony Pettis, was it? Yeah, yeah. And Pettis was uh, getting a bit involved as well. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on. I threw a kick. 
I soccer kicked him in the head. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the tweet I was referring to. It's quite simple, yeah. simply put. He says, he says like, he, he caught a kick and the alley went down, and then he soccer kicked him in the head. They have, um, the Cowers have John Jones, Tyron Woodley, Masvidal, and Pettis, and some others. Um, but it seems funny that he would uh, argue with him like that. Maybe he's trying to set up some fight. I don't know who. Oh, yeah. um, it'll be, uh, it might be uh, one of the welterweights because you've got Masvidal and uh, obviously in dominance you've got Usman. Yeah. And so maybe there's something to do with that. I don't know. But, yeah, inter- I don't know what to make of that. It's just handbags, isn't it? You know, it's not. I wish. Why is, why is no one filming? In the age of everyone filming fights, how do we not have one yeah. good video of it? But uh, I will say on that event, PFL, um, another British shout out will there. Uh, Brendan Loughnane won in pretty easy fashion his uh, PFL debut, and he moves into the playoffs. Um, I think with Could that. Could be a nice million, a million dollars coming his way soon. Hopefully, yeah, he, he looks like the standout in that division. To be fair, he's yeah, uh, he's good. Yeah. Um. So, was there anything else you wanted to? cover before I go and have my pizza uh, well I've just seen via Ariel Hawani on Twitter that John Moraga uh, the former UFC fighter also made his boxing debut last night and he also won by a second round knockout similar to Leo so um, that's a, a nice little fact oh, you've just rem- you've just reminded me of something actually with um, Tyron Woodley saying he'd like to fight Canelo in boxing yes that's a and I'm just like what are, you, what, what are you saying Tyron <laughs> it's like you might land a shot on him if he's got both of his hands behind his back that goes the good lane of you thanks yeah. it's like you are talking about one of the greatest boxers of the generation and you're thinking if I can catch him I'll knock him out but yeah that, that was the kind of whole narrative to McGregor Mayweather which I yeah. I bought into wholeheartedly mm. <laughs> but I just it's like it's such a different skill I mean Canelo spends all of his days every day training how to punch and not get punched. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, it's MMA is so much more involved in terms of the, the variety of skills you have to learn. It's like Ben Askren, everyone, you know, he's getting a rough time at the minute um, after his knockout, but he's got to 19-0 and 0 without really being a very good striker at all yeah, in that's MMA. True. That is true. And it's like you've got... You know, you try and people trying to basically make a headline saying that they could take out a boxer when you're an MMA fighter. It's just, it's a little bit disrespectful to the boxers, even though I am an MMA person. Um, but you've had it a bunch of times. Obviously, you had the Mayweather thing, which is all about money. No one ever thought, no one ever really thought. No one, Conor McGregor didn't think he was going to beat Floyd Mayweather. And then <laughs> you have Nganu talking about fighting against. Deontay Wilder, and you know maybe I'm that would be a yeah. I was going to say, and Ghana does have a boxing background anyway, so I mean, yeah, that one's a little bit more realistic in terms of you know, Ngannou is a boxer in the ring in the in the octagon. He's a boxer. And there was talk also of Stipe and Anthony Joshua a while back. That was also a thing, kind of at the same time as McGregor Mayweather. That was one that's kind of circulating a little bit. Oh dear. <laughs> but you know, whatever, whatever they can do to get them their names in the papers, I suppose. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Just you just reminded me when you when you were talking about the the, about the MMA doing boxing there. But cool. Shall we wrap it up? And uh, yeah, we're oh, getting yeah? a bit. We're getting into a bit of a of a longer territory now. We're over an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're getting. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Massive thanks again to Sam Alvey. That was up there with my favourite interviews we've done so far. Uh, hopefully get one again. I'm sure we're more happy to. He seems to be kind of up for anything, so that's a great quality about him. Um, yeah, so got, maybe even in you know, however it goes, maybe we can get him on for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and talk about his experience and see how it went for him. And you know, It'd yeah. be great to get him back and whatever. Come up, mate. You'll always be, you know, front page will always be a fan of Sam for such a great interview and, you know, Really honest answers and such a genuine, uh, such a genuine guy. Yeah, we can't. Next thing we need to be a short one. We can't get him on and ask the same like, "Oh, how did your career start?" Blah blah blah. <laughs> no, no. Two, it, weeks, will, two weeks later, like, "Oh, so how did your career start, then? We will just, uh, you know, if he agrees, we'll get him on and we can just talk about the just that UFC Sao Paulo experience. See, to be honest, like I said to him, like, we'll get you on after you win, but when I lost, I'd, I'd love to get him back on just chat about his experience in Brazil, like you say, so, yeah, we'll wrap it up there, so, thanks again, cool. Matt. Yeah, enough. thanks, Ross, it's been a pleasure, and I will, uh, hopefully we'll speak again soon. Next time, if anybody... Member of the front page, uh, yeah, uh, who knows, we started off with a, th- with a third member today, and <laughs> he's, uh, he's obviously dropped his phone into his picture, um, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if he's uh, if he's back on next time. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that'll do us. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.